0: Can you believe that Christmas is only
1: like two weeks away? It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle-belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year.
0: This is Truth to Ponder. With Bob Bierman, yeah, it's hard to believe that it's only about two weeks, and we once again celebrate Christmas across the world. Oh, so many things have changed, not just in the last year or two, but really over in recent decades. Want to share a few thoughts on that and some other news topics today, and even some of the email that you've sent. Just a lot to to share as we go into this weekend edition of truth to ponder. No, It was last year. I'm thinking right now last year. My wife and I were up at our home in Georgia. And it was getting near Christmas time, and we were not certain if we were going to come back to be in Florida or to stay the duration for a little while longer uh, in the mountains. We decided to stay in the mountains for a number of reasons. Number one, I I just started this radio program a few months before. And trying to keep up a recording schedule and getting into doing this program was rather difficult. And so, honestly, it just made sense to stay put. Now, the year before, back in 2019, we had also spent Christmas up in the mountains and came back shortly thereafter. But see, in 2019 and before the pandemic struck and all the news broke, we had decided we needed just that quiet Christmas for ourselves. There have been a lot of things going on in all of our lives. And back in December of 2019, we had gotten a tree that we could have up there and even some decorations. And, And none of us ever thought about what was about to happen In just a couple of months. We enjoyed that Christmas 2019. And then we made our way back to Florida toward the end of January to be with family and and other obligations. We decided, like I say, we didn't realize why we needed this time. But we did, and we were being prepared for something that I don't think any of us expected we started hearing those news stories just a little bit after Christmas time about some some kind of virus in Asia, but nobody really paid attention. Then it ramped up a little bit in January, and by February the stories are breaking out that we started hearing about things happening in other parts of the world and maybe it'll come to the United States and of course you know the rest of the story. None of us, I think Christmas, two years ago, this time of the year in 2019, in the United States, looking forward to a political year, if you can look forward to a political year, coming up in 2020. I, watch, I want you to think for just a moment, and then I'm going to get into some thoughts that are going through my mind, stories that I've been reading, and things that I think you need to take into consideration. So let's go back to 2019. Now, the news media always hypes the wrong stuff. They got an agenda, and I I pretty much, when it comes to CNN, have recognized they are nothing but paid liars. They are just political talking points with pretty faces for the most part. Not all, but some. And they get on the television to tell you what you're supposed to think and believe about everything. And they work in their little chamber, their little echo chamber. And so in 2019, they were still holding on to some collusion, delusion, theories and other nonsense because they have a political agenda. They hated all things conservative. They hate all things that are faith based. Let's be honest, they do. And let's be honest, CNN is a despicable network. In the last several weeks, we found out that one of their seasoned and popular hosts, Chris Cuomo, was really advising his brother after lying and said that he wasn't. Chris Cuomo's the guy that quarantined for the coronavirus, but actually had snuck out of his house, breaking those rules and getting angry at those that called him out. And Don Lemon or Don Lamont, whatever you want to call him, you know, he, he was trying to work with Jesse Smollett to, to make sure that Jesse's hoax would not be found out. So it's a despicable network. No credibility. I can remember touring the place in 2015. Had an opportunity to be in Atlanta and go on the VIP tour. And any doubt that I'd ever had in my life, any doubt that I ever had, about the bias of CNN was completely eradicated that day. You walk through the newsroom and on every desk was either Bernie Sanders paraphernalia or Hillary Clinton paraphernalia. That's all you saw. And the language used among the colleagues was obvious where they stood politically on everything. They, and, and to listen, we had the opportunity of listening to what is the intercom system as they're talking to the host in their little earpiece and during the break it was obvious where everybody stood they they were not even attempting to hide it for the vip tour they were blatant and there's only one other network that is worse that's msnbc what a mess that network is What a real mess that network is. And all of them now are caught lying. All of them now have backed the wrong horse. Every major Democrat back in, oh, back in 2020, they were just believing the hoax of Jesse Smollett trying to, you know, enhance his career with a television show that I never bothered to watch called Empire. And, and once this becomes the agenda. And they all hop on it. It's a terrible crime. It's all Trump's fault. That's all we heard. And now the jury spoke this past week, and he's guilty of being a liar, of perpetuating a hoax. And as far as I'm concerned, he committed perjury in court. And I, I'm just afraid, though, he'll get a slap on the hand and sent on his way, while others that have not lied others that have not done anything near as bad are, are treated differently And so we have a problematic world but here we are coming into the Christmas season and I just want to just take a little time and I like I say I want to just I always want to give some hope on this on this program particularly as we head toward the weekend and then we prepare over the weekend to start all over again next week. Christmas has been under attack for many years, and, and you can laugh at me, and I get a few emails, not many, thankfully, but I get a few that kind of challenge, why do you talk about this? Why do you talk about that? Why don't you talk about this or talk about the other? Well, there, there are reasons that I do the program that I do. It's the program I am called to do, and I recognize from the other emails that I get and other correspondence, and other interactions with listeners and other groups that there's a need for what I talk about. It's not, see, anybody, look, you can go on Rumble, you can go on a number of platforms and find all kind of information about the virus and everything else and why the there's something that doesn't pass the smell test with these mRNA vaccines. A lot of places do it. Some do it a lot better than I do. Many do a lot better job than I do. But I try to put it into a, a spiritual perspective as well. I don't leave it simply in the secular realm, and I also recognize that propaganda is a very powerful tool. I've been reading and, and watching about what's called mass formation, which is kind of like a mass hypnotism over people. The only way to ever explain 1930s Germany is is what is called mass formation a careful use of propaganda and fear and having people turn against another group to be more fearful of. And over time, people will just lose much of their common sense. Not all, but a the majority will end up who are not quite as informed, who believe what they are told, who have always been somewhat obedient to authority. They fall for it. And you see the mess that it bought upon all of Europe and Germany, and I think many of the curses of that time are still upon the people of Europe, like you know eighty almost eighty years later, ninety some odd years of the you know since the Third Reich really got their got going with with power in the country of Germany and the mass formation of people. And and even when their own eyes could see, and here's something else that, that, that kind of makes me very concerned. Even when their own eyes could see the Allied bombing, even when they knew of many soldiers that had died, even as many buildings are destroyed, even as they hear stories about especially as we get into 1944 and early 1945, that Germany is no longer in France and they're being pushed back all the way to Berlin. And they know that the Russians are coming. They're coming from the East and and the Americans and other allies are coming from the West. And yet, in spite of what their eyes could see and their intellect should have clearly understood... They kept holding out some kind of hope that it's all going to change. And if we continue to do the same thing, Germany will somehow win. And little children and old men become the last standing army in Berlin, Germany. And I've always asked the question, as many have, how how could a nation... Like Germany. Now, I, I understand the politics, and especially go back to World War One and late 1800s politics, but contained in Germany has always been a very intellectual people, a very scientific people, ingenuity, inventiveness, all of it, a lot of common sense for most of the people. How could, how could have they fallen into this twice? and destroyed their nation and i see them destroying themselves again today but in a different manner all of europe is is self-destructing and once again that i'm putting a theological view and also a practical view on what these tyrannical governments are doing so i wanted to stop right here for a moment and let's 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 kind of analyze this for a second what do we now know? If you're intellectually honest, and even even the Atlantic of all places is beginning to become a little bit honest, they're beginning to question. We've supported a certain narrative now for just about a year, and there's something wrong. You know, you realize that coming up in about yeah week and a half from now is the first anniversary of the first COVID uh, vaccine shots given to American people, and everybody believed back then. That all we have to do is get our, you know, two doses of Moderna or, or two doses of Pfizer or, or maybe just the Johnson & Johnson one and done. And, and this pandemic, man, we're going to be out of this thing in no time. I mean, by the time we get to the spring, it'll be happy days are here again, dancing in the streets. Restaurants open, everybody back in school, at work, and just joyful, joyful as the spring arrives and instead what happens delta delta variants variants take your mask off put your mask on it it never changed and and I look a lot of people they believe everything that they have been told and if you don't believe that you need to just observe people Depending where you live, look, even in Florida, which has not really been locked down and not enforcing a whole lot of stuff, except some doctor offices. There are always a few that live in fear. Now, this past week, I had a doctor's appointment and, you know, it was nothing, nothing urgent. Let's put it that way. But, you know, when you get to my age, you just you got to take care of things and stay ahead of the game. And I went into this doctor's office, and it was kind of unusual. It was a little different than anyone I had seen in in recent months. The receptionist was not wearing a face covering, and she did not require that I wear one either, because she and that doctor they they recognize that the vaccine is not all that they claimed it would be, and they also recognize that face coverings for a virus are. Well, ineffective. Oxford University says it, but you hear MSNBC or CNN touting that very thorough and deep study. No, just wear it. You got to wear it because you must wear it. And if you do wear it, everything will be fine. But we can't tell you why. But it's going. Do you see? You following what I'm saying here? All this nonsense that goes on. And I'm just want. I'm just trying to show you the fear factor. We can. I'm not going to get into the other stuff. It's the fear and control factor. Let's go back in time, like two thousand years in time. Caesar, the Roman Empire, they were all powerful. They had worked their way around the crescent, the Levant, as it's called. They're in the what we now know as the Middle East. Their empire stretches all the way, all the way from Egypt and beyond and, and up and around. They conquered many, many regions. They had power and authority. And so people in the time of Jesus lived in fear of the Roman Empire. They were taxed by the Roman Empire. They were controlled by the Roman Empire. But the Roman Empire was also rather smart between they balanced this fear with a carrot-and-stick approach. Yes, you may continue to observe your Jewish customs here in Jerusalem. You may continue to do certain things, but remember you still give your tribute to Caesar. And you are Romans, you have certain rights now, but we are, we are the ones in charge. And we need you to do your part in keeping the empire great. There's a parallel to that today, and it's occurring, and it's been occurring, and gradually occurring over time in many parts of the Western world. Our economics—you know—there was a time when you look at economics. Let's go back two hundred years. People they produce goods and services. Look, I know we didn't have the big industrial age yet, but we had a way of we had a currency. We had people making things, doing things, providing services. Granted, not as complex as we were able to do as time has gone on. But we had kind of a control of the currency. We had something tangible to show for it. Today, increasingly, one of the things that I see as a growing problem moving forward, and it's going to be a problem moving forward, in my opinion, is the digitizing of everything. Now, look, everything being digital can be a huge convenience. You know it, I know it. Don't have to carry tons of cash, just, you know, carry your card. Why pay with cash? It's dirty, it's filthy, it spreads the coronavirus. I mean, we've heard it all. We have no change. We don't want to touch it. It's a change shortage. You know, all of it. There there are those forces. And, And let's go back to the Roman Empire. Remember, people had their own currency before the Romans arrived and they imposed their currency upon the world and you got their, the currency from them, not from somebody else. They, they were controlling your ability to have trade and buy and sell all throughout their realm if you wanted to be in their system. And so today, by convenience, I mean, our, our monetary system is being controlled by bankers. Now, it's not even controlled by most governments anymore, like it used to be. We've given up that authority for those that are trying to make, you know, power and dollars, and lots of them. And this is not something that happened last month or last week or last year or last decade. It has been gradually occurring for for thousands of years. But there was just never any way to pull it totally off until we've come into this digital age. And so where does the pandemic connect to every bit of this? You have people and countries that have literally gone satanically insane, like Australia. I, I love so many of the Australian people, but your government is insane. Your government has lost common sense. Your government is believing lies, or or they are agents of those that want to control you, your money, your life, your speech, and everything about you. And they become willing partners. We know the vaccines And I'm just going to say this briefly, really quick. We know the vaccines neither stop the spread or you getting it or spreading the virus. We know without a shadow of a doubt, and some people still believe otherwise, but even publications that were all for the vaccine are beginning to question the narrative. We've known from the CDC, we've known from experience, we've known from the data that the vaccines do not stop you from getting or spreading the virus or its variants period at best at best if you are in a certain age bracket it may improve your outcome but only for a limited time and as we mentioned on if you listen to the weekday program as we mentioned on the thursday program You've got companies like Moderna saying, "Well, we're going to have a 3-shot regimen for the Omicron variant." But you really need to have the other 3 shots, like your first, your second, and your booster, then you need the 3 of these so you're going to be at 6, maybe 7 if you've had a fourth booster. When does it ever end? For them, they never want it to end. This is this is unbelievable money for companies like Pfizer, AstraZeneca, And and Moderna, Moderna, they've never made a dime because they had nothing out there. But empty promises for a decade. By the way, Tony Fauci loved that company, was talking with them about Corona vaccines in 2015. Just so you know, 2015, that's not, you know, that's not a guess. That's not speculation. You know, the email trail is there. And so Fauci's been up to his eyeballs with Moderna. And Moderna, even as late as 2019, was in financial straits. They're they're running out there trying to get the brokerage houses and the banking community to throw them more money with promises that we're going to come up with a product any day now that'll change the world. They've been saying it since 2011. You've got to remember that Moderna was making just outrageous promises of what this wonderful technology can do. So throw us money, bring up the stock value, and everybody's going to be very wealthy and healthy at the end of the day because we're here to rescue the world. But by 2019, every project they've been working on was just unraveling. They couldn't come up with anything decent, reliable, safe, or effective. None of it. And and a lot of people on Wall Street by the summer of 2019 were beginning to look at this stuff as on the verge of being, you know, junk stock. Not having any value. But then Operation Warp Speed in 2020, Moderna gets in there, and all of a sudden, well, people that... Worked for Moderna that formed the company that were running on borrowed time and borrowed money to keep them themselves afloat. Suddenly, we had a new crop of billionaires <laughs> that entered. You know, they 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 ceased being lowly little millionaires. They suddenly became a lot of billionaires. And then companies like Pfizer that had paid out billions and not that many years ago for fraud, deceptive practices, and other things over the years suddenly gets this mega billion dollar contract that way offsets any fine they ever got and the biggest profits they've ever seen and then we have the mystical approval of a of a vaccine that you can't get yet because if you could then you could sue them when it does something wrong Remember, you get a Pfizer shot today, it's still emergency use authorization variant of the vaccine. It's not the one that the FDA magically approved. Notice it took the FDA 108 days to approve this. But it's going to take them 55 years to release any of the information to you on what they know or how they did it. You're being lied to. That was not a real approval process. But then again, the FDA gets their money from those that they regulate. And I'm sure there have been some sweetheart deals cut between the FDA, the CDC, and others who also get their funding from those that they're supposed to regulate. We have developed a system where money talks, where money controls it, and, and the purpose and the central reason these agencies came into being has been lost in the dust of history, fading in the back of our minds. I've had questions about the FDA for 30 years, some of the stuff that they've done. And how many, you know, as somebody said, this this is something to keep in mind. If you ever watch television and somebody, and you hear one of those TV commercials, if you or a loved one were injured, you've heard those commercials, contact our law firm. You know, do we cheat him and how? Just get a hold of us. If you or a loved one, Well, every time you hear a commercial about if you or your loved one experienced because of this or that or the other, they were all FDA approved products. And those were products that actually or supposedly went through their long term process that take when it comes to vaccine can take years, decades in some cases, because sometimes they find out after two or three years of testing Oh, there's a there's something we didn't anticipate. We had no way to know. Well, the same is true with the ones they're putting out now. We have no way to know. Here's what we do know. They're not working as advertised. And so we're doing what insanity's defined as always been. Keep doing it over and over again. Keep people in fear. Like I say, I see people walking around wearing a face covering outdoors not near anybody, or driving in their car because they've fallen for the fear and their ability of rational thought. The mass formation has taken hold on them. There's some people now, sadly, that are afraid to even leave their house without a face covering. I read a story about somebody and said, I think I'll wear one for the rest of my life. Then I'm not going to be having to worry about viruses or germs ever again. Wow. They put their trust in a false savior called Fauci. And, and I'm learning I'm learning a lot of things. A lot of people. I can remember a song that I once heard called Don't Shout Me Down. And someday I'll play it. I, I'm going to wait till after Christmas, maybe sometime next year. And, and it's kind of a how do I put it? It it just exposes some of the things that we do uh, in the Christian world, in particular. How many people are they want to go to these healing services to get healed, and they get preyed upon, and then they run right off to their pharmacist to get more stuff. In other words, where is their faith? You know, in other words, God, I'm going to pray to you, but I'm going to hedge my bet. Now, I'm not saying we should be stupid, but it, but the but the mindset is what I'm talking about. The mindset. And and I, I've just come to the point that I choose not to live in fear. I've come to the point that I'm not going to sit there and worry about every little thing coming down the pike that could threaten this earthly life. I got news for you. A lightning strike, a runaway car, a lot of things can, can change your life on a dime. The coronavirus is just one of... Many, many things. And besides, we're not designed to live on this earth forever, but some so many people act as if they need to. Now this weekend, this weekend is what is called the third Sunday in Advent, the third Sunday in Advent. Now a lot of people, don't understand it, some people do, maybe you remember it as a child, and I want to talk a little bit more about Advent and really how does it apply to us today, and why Advent, why Christmas, why all of it really is important, and why the world is so determined, just so determined to crush out the memory of the babe in Bethlehem. And it's moving it into what I call a desperation pace in some parts of the world. Now, like I say, I started this segment, I just wanted to talk about a little bit of this and that. We're gonna come back on the other side and, and we're gonna really get into our anticipation of the coming of our savior. Not just in Bethlehem. And why we are overcomers in all that we see in this world. And it's time that if we are children of the king to begin to act like it. We're not. If you believe in the ministry of Truth to Ponder, would you consider helping us pay for the airtime? Our mailing address, by the way, make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That is Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Truth to Ponder. 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. And that is in Crestview, Florida, 32536. That's Crestview, Florida, zip code 32536, 32536.
2: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. 11,000 coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. I want you to do something now. Listen, count out one second. You can do it by saying one, one thousand. That's a second. That should take a second. Try it. One, one thousand. As soon as you said that, you traveled 140 miles. Hard to believe it. Try it again. One, one thousand. There. Happen again. You just traveled another 140 miles. How did it happen? Well, every second, you're traveling 140 miles. That's because the planet you're on is connected to the sun. The sun and the planets are traveling 140 miles around the center. Every second, around the center of the Milky Way, every second. Try it again. One, 1,000. By the time you said that, and by the time you get to the end of this sentence, you will have traveled about half a thousand miles from where you were when you started to say one, 1,000. Can you imagine? You'll never get back there because you only travel in one direction. And every second, you are 140 miles farther away from ever being where you were before. And so it is in your life and your walk. You might be able to visit an old school or go back to a familiar place in your past, but the truth is you can never go back. You can never do it again. You can never do it over. The past is the past. Every moment is unique. It never comes around again. See, we're journeying, not just through the galaxy, but through time. And you'll only pass through this place once. Therefore, never again. You only have one moment to do what you'll do. Therefore, whatever good you would do, do it now. Whatever repentance you would do, do it now. Whatever love you'd express, do it now. Whatever life you'd live for the Lord, do it now. Whatever victory you'd know, do it now and fulfill your calling because you're on a journey and you'll never pass this way again. One, 1,000. Want more? Ask for the dance of the heavenly circles. Now. Got a wonderful thing for you, the free gift for you, the mystery of the temple doors, you'll love it, and sapphires with the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Special teachings, updates on Israel, world events, and prophecy, and the secrets of strength, and victory for every day of your life. How do you get this all free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to god's ancient nation israel and to all the unreached peoples on five continents every tribe and tongue with over a billion people how just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 and you'll have a great part in the end time harvest y-e-s-h-u-a-1 or you can write me direct here's how write to the nice jewish boy box 1111 lodi lodi new jersey 07644. it's a nice jewish boy Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 076-44. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying 1-1000. Peace be to you, my friend, and Messiah. Or HaOlam, the light of the universe.
0: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. So welcome back to part two of our weekend edition of Truth to Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. You know, I really don't want to spend a whole lot of time on many of the news stories. You hear them all week, and I want to move away a little bit. Yeah, We understand what's going on in terms of there's the factor about, and I'll just leave it at this, and this will kind of bring me into what we should really be talking about. The idea of these vaccine passports have zero to do with your health, except those that are delusional enough to believe that something that doesn't work, if we keep doing it over and over again, it just might. I mean, let's be honest. We know that they don't work. They're not as advertised. So instead of, you know, getting one and done, now they want you to have seven or eight. How many? When does it end? And why do they talk about vaccine passports? I mean, there was just a cruise liner recently where they're all vaccinated, but, you know, they got cases. So what's the purpose? It's to identify you, to mark you, to know who you are, to gradually move you to their currency, which is control. And so I want to go back in in time. It is about 2000 years ago when that decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should, should be identified and taxed. In other words, if you understand the concept, well, everybody goes back to their ancient city, where they're from, and they're going to do a little bit of genealogy to identify you and then know how to properly control and tax you. And that is the world in which Jesus arrived 2,000 years ago. As Joseph, and now his, his wife Mary, head off to, to the little town of Bethlehem. Why? To be counted, identified, and then taxed, and then controlled. Well, really, when you look at the vaccine passports, and the, I'll just leave it at that. It is another way, see, we can do it digitally. You don't have to leave your home. Don't even have to fill out a piece of paper. Today, instead of having to get in your car and drive to wherever it is you were born or came from, you can do it electronically. The whole thing is just to identify and control. And so that's what they did in the time of 2,000 years ago, of Caesar Augustus, that the whole world, or at least the known world, should be taxed. And everybody go back to where they belong and to register with the government and so all these mandates all of these are leading in that direction and those that are of the billionaire class want to be able to thoroughly identify you your politics if if it's worthy uh, to let you know what you're allowed to think and say on facebook and twitter and other places to use the power of government to suppress media they don't like or programs or things they don't want to hear that go against their established narrative and they want to make you afraid to speak out interesting statistic just saw this this is from this is united states citizens you know we're we're supposed to be the most mouthy and opinionated of them all where in europe it's you know I don't know what the stats are there but I know here that 67% of all Americans are afraid to truly say what they believe. They're afraid. They don't want to be they don't want to be ostracized by society. They don't want to be looked down upon. A lot of people say they believe certain things and don't just so they don't get attacked. And so we've come into this new dynamic where The herd mentality, forget herd immunity, the herd mentality is taking over. I saw an interesting video, and I'm not going to try to describe it all, but these these experimental, these scientists and researchers built this big trap out in an open field where a lot of uh, these wild hogs, roamed and and wrote you know lived and and destroyed things too and they they decided to build this big trap and it had a front door and then it was all well fenced in large area and as these as this group of you know what do you call the uh, as this herd of of hogs would come by uh, some would look in there and they were a little curious, and and then you look at some of the older and the motherly, you know, the mothers, the matronants of their uh, of this herd. They were skeptical, and they wouldn't go in. But over time, with just a little bit of feed and and a few niceties, they could go in for one at a time. You know, you see if you go in and walk around and come back out, no problem. And they did this for several days. And as each day passed, more and more of these unknowing wild hogs or boars would walk into this big fenced-in area trap. And there were just a few that never would go in. They sense something. But the other ones are wanting to be approved by the herd, and so they follow the rest of the herd in. And the minority stood outside of that thing. And they were the ones that were safe when the button was pushed and the trap was set and they couldn't get out. And the small handful that recognized the danger were able to move on. And in many ways, that's what has happened to much of our society. Fear, 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 and more fear. And Christians are told to fear not, yet I, I see so many that claim the name of Christ that are more fearful than the non-Christians. Of course, the non-Christians are putting their faith in Fauci. So it, you follow what I'm saying? We have Christians that really have not put their their foot on the solid rock. They, they have one foot in this world and one foot, they think, in eternity or in the church, but they're hedging their bet. We, we can't be bet hedgers in, in faith. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. And so here we are in this time of Advent, approaching two weeks, Christmas. It's going to be here. By the way, if you're looking for some very traditional, sacred Christmas music, I will suggest if you can get online, go to ancientwordradio.com, ancientwordradio.com, And throughout this week, the amount of Christmas music will be increasing. And by the time we get to Christmas, you know, it'll be round the clock. There's even cantatas and other wonderful music there. So if you want to get away from the secular world, I am so sick of hearing Wham saying singing last Christmas or you know what I'm talking about. And all I want for Christmas is you. I've heard it. That's enough. That's something else I noticed, too. Sitting in a. In a store the other day, or actually a little restaurant, my wife and I, maybe about a week and a half ago. They had one of those holiday channels on, you know, that's from iHeartRadio. And I'm listening to all the music that went on for like the half hour or so we're in there. Not one song about Christmas and the birth of Jesus Christ. It was all secular nonsense, all thinly veiled secular. Replacement of the Savior stuff. All of it. Look, I know there are a few quote holiday songs out there, but see, the world wants nothing but that. There used to be a time when I was in radio, let's say 45, 50 years ago, that, yeah, we, w- we would play a few of those songs like it's the most wonderful time of the year, but we were not afraid to play O Little Town of Bethlehem. We were not afraid to to do songs like Angels We Have Heard on High. That was acceptable at one time, but today, not so much. In France, they now are, you know, passing laws to officially call it the holiday season, and we can't call it Christmas anymore. It's got to be the holiday season. I'm reading this other story that, that just drove me crazy. Now, I'm not even going to get into these arguments. I have decided years ago I don't play this game because I've done my research. And, and the arguments that it's a pagan holiday, borrowed from others, and was Christianized later. But let's be honest. Without Christ, there would never have been a Christmas to begin with. There never would have been an Advent. There would be never a reason to celebrate the birth of a Savior. The greatest gift of God has ever given to mankind. But see, Christmas has become, as we've known, even back in the days of the Charlie Brown Christmas special, it was already becoming commercialized and secularized. Give credit. Give credit to Charles Schultz, who who told CBS with this special, there will be the real Christmas story And he had to fight for it. And after all these decades, it's still there. But we've replaced everything with, you know, Merry Christmas in most places, except in a few that we've been visiting, is now Happy Holidays. And the stores have Santa, reindeer, trees, the generic ornaments. Oh, forget a major scene. And we're never going to see a Bible hanging around. doesn't happen. And for decades, all those that are secular purist, just wanted to get Christ out of Christmas and make it a happy winter holiday. But see, now there's something else going on. And this, once again, it's a sign of our time. And many retailers, not all, are beginning to use Christmas to push gay pride. That's their secular God, their gay pride. And I, I've even seen manger scenes with the rainbow. Merry Christmas, everybody. And, and I'm looking at so many things that are out there today as we turn Christmas into a gay pride thing. Misuse the word love. Like Merry Christmas, love is love, which means all things are fine and good if it's just called love. It's called lust It's called sin. It's called an abomination. But we keep hearing it. And it's all, I mean, the gay pride is now coming into into Christmas. LGBTQ movies, yep, they're out there. They're out there. The world is going to take Christmas, take Christ out of it and throw evil sin and fleshly lust into it. It'll be a time to give gifts in the name of various sins, not in the name of the risen and all-coming King of glory, Jesus Christ. This third Sunday in Advent is a time we remember Jesus Christ. Third Sunday in Advent. We're kind of halfway to Christmas now from the beginning of the Advent season. A matter of fact, in a lot of churches that use an Advent candle, normally they're like three candles that are purple and one that is kind of a rose color. Not pink, it's a rose color. And the center candle white is for Christmas. So, each of the Sundays we've we've lit one of the candles. And then we get to this Sunday. It's God at Sunday, Rose Sunday. A little bit of celebration that we're nearing the time of Christ's return. Even in Jesus' time, many would never recognize Him. Even in spite of the miracles they saw. And we, as Christians, waiting for Him to return must recognize many refuse to see him they have blinded their eyes they have seared their conscience they have chosen to believe the lie and they've taken this sacred time and they keep trying to make it more satanic for me this entire season and in november into the first part of december is a time of very very precious memories from my childhood and even even in my adult years, by this time, especially before I had ever turned 12, I'd still be practicing a lot of anthems to be sung with children's choirs and even in a mixed choir. All the beautiful anthems. There's one that's used at Christmas time and also on this third Sunday in Advent. And I want to share it with you. I wish I had a good boys' choir version, but this, you'll understand it. Air how a rose is blooming do you recognize this? Lord. what are some of your memories of this time of the year? Maybe depending where you lived you have different customs, different things to expect. As a youngster, I lived in the northeastern United States and it was cold and we always always had this hope for the white Christmas. Many times it didn't happen. Cloudy skies maybe, but white Christmas, no. Did see it a few times when I lived in the upstate New York area in Ohio Uh, that year, there was snow. Last year, my wife and I were up in the mountains of Georgia, and I really hadn't paid attention to the weather. It was just the two of us and our two little dogs, and we decided as we got into Christmas Eve, especially, we, we just turned the world off, had to, been doing the radio program every day since the end of August. September October November you know we're almost finishing up our fourth month and you can really get beaten up when you're dealing with all those kind of news stories and we decided one of the reasons we stayed up there to take a break from the world it had all been bad news election news this news that news the other news it was it was the world was a mess and I needed some rest and so we had spent, I'd spent a little time prior getting a few radio programs recorded ahead to get us over, you know, the couple of days before Christmas and a day or so after to give this time. And I can remember we were in our living room. We had the TV off just having music playing in the background, sacred Christmas music, even some some of the secular ones. I'll be I'll be honest. We all knew from years ago had a fire in the fireplace, because it was Christmas Eve, and decided we're not going to let the world spoil this Christmas for us. And I can remember saying something that I said, I always dreamed of a white Christmas and and what have you. And it was probably maybe 8.30 at night, maybe getting close to 9.00, and I happen to go by the front door of our place, and there's a window on that door. And I look out, and lo and behold, it's snowing, and and I'm seeing snow develop on the cars. And so Christmas Eve last year for me was just a time of you know it, it brought back memories of those special times in my childhood. And it gave me such a wonderful and peaceful feeling that I needed. I recognize that, yeah, Jesus, I remember all the hymns, all the things we did, Christmas pageants, you know, all the things came flooding back. And I really remember that the reason for the season is Jesus Christ. And he came quietly and humbly that first time 2,000 years ago to pay the debt for sin. And most of the world rejected him then, and they still reject him now. And so it doesn't surprise me to see many stores celebrating a gay Christmas with rainbow colors and trying to co-op this time and steal it from the Savior to take it for themselves to change it, warp it, destroy it, cheapen it. And that's what I see happening today. Now, we'll spend the first part of next week with the regular news stories that we have, a couple of surprises next week. But again, next weekend and the following weekend, which will be Christmas, we're going to definitely take a departure from the news. We have to. I think all of us need a break from all of the news, and we're going to do that uh, late next week, and then, of course, for Christmas, and and then kind of do a review at the end of the year. Now, I've got a question for you I just would like to ask. How do you listen to this radio program? Now, I know that we're on a couple of additional places on the weekend that we normally are not on uh, Monday through Thursday. And so there may be a few other places listening. Right now, and I, as I said this, and maybe you, you haven't heard it because you're only here on the weekend. If you would send me an email, I promise you I'm not going to put you on any kind of an email list and then keep inundating you with all kind of stuff. I don't play that game. I get angry with places that try to sneak your phone numbers. They can send you endless solicitation text. And I know you don't like it either or endless spam mail. But if you would let me know what radio station you listen to, and it maybe it's WRMI, maybe it's KVOH, KVAH, KYH, or, or whatever, or another, some other stations. Let me know when you hear the program. What time, what days of the week. Just kind of putting it all in perspective. I really need to know, and you've been wonderful. Thank you for the many emails that I'm getting. I've learned a lot. And it's been more helpful to me than you'll ever know. Every email I treasure. And you can do that at Bob at Truth the Number Two Ponder Bob at Truth the Number Two Ponder By the way, if you need prayer, go to our Contact or Prayer page. We will be willing to pray with you and for you. Find out from our website, Truth the Number Two Ponder dot com. Truth the Number Two Ponder dot com. And if you like, you can support us from there as well. And if you listen as a podcast, let me know where you listen and, you know, what time of the day and how. I just th- These things are helpful to knowing the best way to serve you with the Truth to Ponder program. As we anticipate our long-expected Savior's second coming, this program really could use your support to let others know to be prepared. Stop living in fear. I'll have a special message on that next weekend. If you believe in our work, if you can consider helping us financially, you can find the mailing address, by the way, at the website. Make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, and you can mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. We are in Crestview, Florida, Crestview, Florida, 32536. That's Truth to Ponder, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248, in Crestview, Florida. Zip code 32536. Till next week, may God bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two